Hello, listeners. Are you tired of having Alien Minute episodes only on weekdays? Are your Saturday mornings devoid of meaning without that trusty daily podcast popping up in your feed? Well, what if we told you there was a way to remedy your woes? All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash alien minute and subscribe to get a supplemental episode of your favorite daily podcasts. You'll hear us talk about what movies we've been watching, answer listener emails, and talk about alien-related topics that didn't make it on the show. You'll also be able to play along with the Coppola Quadfecta. Don't know what that is? Well, then come on over to patreon.com forward slash alien minute, subscribe, listen to the weekly episode, and find out. Again, patreon.com forward slash alien minute. We'll see you on Saturdays. Hello and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. My name is John Ingle. And I'm Mitch Bryan. And today we're looking at Minute 60, which begins with Ash showing off his fancy tracker and ends with Ripley in the corridor with Parker and Brett. And it's Friday, which sadly means it's our last day with Katie and Margaret. Aww. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming back and thanks for staying the whole week with us. It's been great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. So we're getting this, uh, we're getting the rundown on the tracking device that uh, Ash has thrown together here. Um, And, uh, you know, in character, perfectly in character, Ripley's the first one to ask a question. She doesn't, you know, everybody else, I guess, thinks, ah, Ash made it. He's telling us it works. It works. But Ripley, of course... Needs more information, so she asks them how it works. And uh, my question is, has anyone ever been more annoyed than Ash is at Ripley's question? Yeah, the withering look he gives her is pretty Is that because he doesn't want to explain it? Or, and I hate to say it, is it because it's a woman asking the question? I think, I think it's a little of both, but it's mostly the, the latter, I think. Um, he just, boy, he's just had it with Ripley. I think at this point he's tired of hearing it from her. Well, she's been busting his chops you know from the get-go but seriously micro changes in air density well also i mean if i were in ripley's position i would question it too because when they test it he just puts his hand right right in front of it and then it makes a loud noise so okay first of all the alien has to be right right in front of you you're going to spook the alien because it makes that noise oh. indicating it so if you can hear that it can hear it and oh. they're not wearing headphones i don't believe no. when they're trying with it i didn't think so of it. it seems kind of useless to me it's I, totally useless yeah i i'm not any sort of science guy or anything but uh i mean a hand is not a micro change that's a macro change right and the, how many micro changes in air density happen all the time aren't they always <laughs> happening <laughs> Ask Parker yeah. to fart in front of it and see what happens. <laughs> it was just so low tech. Well, what was he? What did he make that out of? And in a in the real world, what is it made out of? And on in the alien world, what is it made of? Because I think it's made out of a dentist uh, X-ray machine. Oh, it does look like that. Well, that's what oh yeah, it that's does. You're right. You're they, right. They do have. You know, he's got that that you know medical facility to pull from. It could very well be something like that. Something he cobbled together out of pieces from in there, I guess. I actually have never even given that any thought. Um, what it was that he, how he put that together, because 
think of it. I don't know. Do they have dental equipment on the Nostromo? Does that seem like something? They would have? I, I think, don't know. Well, that's another, like, there'd have to be a doctor and a dentist. Because if you got a cavity and you were in pain, someone would need to do something. Oh I was interesting air, registering air density. Air density. So <laughs> what? So it's not x-ray it's more like a vacuum it's like a glorified vacuum i you just gave me a terrifying like <laughs> idea for a cut scene where ash is a dentist <laughs> how that could go <laughs> i guess he <laughs> i guess he does do some like very very uh, crude dentistry he had a steady <laughs> he had a steady hand with the drill it'd be all right well unless he didn't want to <laughs> yeah Oh yeah, Ripley better floss. <laughs> well, do you think that, <laughs> do you think that the that this is just scientific gobbledygook on the part of the screenwriters, or do you think that this whole idea is is plausible, or what do you think? I mean, I, I, I we can read a lot into it. I'm just kind of curious about what what at face value it really is. Uh... The whole thing; these are so cobbled together. I mean, we're on a spaceship. This is cutting edge technology that we should have here, but we're cobbled together a cattle prod and then this micro <laughs> air micro density sensor. I think it's just to make them feel better so they go, go get closer, get closer. That thing will be fine. Yeah, get closer and to it. And then a net to catch it. And I a mean, net. It's so right. primitive. <laughs> net. They might as well be hunting a, you know, a raccoon running around like a big I know, I wouldn't want a possum. <laughs> you gotta say that, I mean, so we have two implements here that have been cobbled together. The the cattle prod seems logical to me, at the very least. I mean, it might not be a perfect, but I see it work. You, he prods something and sparks fly, and I'm going to say, he might be right, this might work. And Ashes, duh, I don't trust it. I don't, <laughs> like, we've talked about why. It doesn't seem to make too much sense. And I'm thinking that this is another example where, where Brett's the one that's coming through. He's the one that's got the, uh, got the know-how, the ingenuity, and he's the one putting together the more plausible instrument here but that's just me well do you think then it's on purpose like so they have to be so close to the alien to get a reading that by the time they get a reading it's going to get them is that is that ash's plan he yeah. was just hoping they'd be like oh that sounds great and then when she asks he's like oh you weren't so fast exactly just no, gonna get eaten no i've always felt like these tools and the fact that ash even allows this to happen indicates to me to he's not worried that the animal will be that the alien's going to be harmed mm. i think that he knows it's more like an experiment, sending them out. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm glad I wasn't on the ship. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he has any idea how big the thing is, or whether that is a surprise to him, or whether he thinks they're still looking for something the size of a raccoon. Yeah, yeah it's hard, you know, knowing what we know, to not look at it knowing that... But at this point, it's just, just think it's a little thing. Yeah. So I suppose it sort of makes sense. They don't feel like they need to be very heavily armed. They're not or, as afraid of it. Yeah. I would have gotten Jonesy's cat carrier to try and... You can't get a cat in a cat carrier. <laughs> You're not going to get that. But if they think they can get a net on this weird <laughs> alien, then they can certainly maybe get it in the cat carrier. Just a thought. <laughs> After we get the rundown from Ash about this tracking device... Uh, Dallas takes over as captain again, and you know he's like, "All right, let's get this guy. He teams everybody up." And um, I'm sorry. I was. I've always wondered why does he divide them up that way. It's a good question. This this isn't the only time it happens in the movie either. He he does some dividing into teams, and it's interesting. I I think there's you know it's possible that it has to do with Ripley and uh, 
Ripley Parker and Brett are kind of already a team, it would seem, where we've seen them work together before. So you get the idea that she's maybe their their next superior in line. She kind of she she keeps them in check down in the engineering department. So maybe that makes sense. He knows uh, enough not to put her with Ash. Clearly, they're not getting along. Yeah, but um, one of the things that's said here that I want to bring up is um, you know, he he divides everybody up and then he tells Parker, "We don't want any heroics out of you." And Mike, I've got two questions about this. Is Parker known for his heroics, do you think? And the other question is, is is the fact that he isn't known for his heroics why Ripley kind of side rolls her eyes and starts to grin a little bit at this? Did you guys notice that? Yeah, and the, I, I wondered if he also puts in another piece of gum at that point. He's already <laughs> chewing gum. Parker's already chewing gum. But then he puts in another piece. Uh-huh. So is that because he's stressed out and he knows that he's not he's not a hero? I don't know. It's he's been chewing gum like there's no tomorrow, that's for sure, which is usually a sign I would say, you know, gum would indicate to me that he's nervous. Like chewing gum usually when when you see somebody chewing gum frantically, it usually tells me that they're a little nervous. They're chewing gum coolly, you know, that's a different thing, but he's definitely he's shoving sticks in his mouth that doesn't seem very cool to me. If there wasn't so much smoking on board, you'd think he wasn't trying to quit. Is that that nicotine gum? Yeah, he tried to quit before they went into hypersleep, and now he's just jonesing for a cigarette, (laughs) but he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. (laughs) He had just put in a piece when they were looking at the cattle prod, and then he puts in another piece right after. I think he puts in even more, doesn't he? Man, now I'm forgetting how many pieces. I feel like he puts in multiple pieces of gum through this conversation. There's a whole storage bay on that ship just for gum. Yep. Gum and cat litter and, and cigarettes. Cat litter, gum, cigarettes, more cigarettes. <laughs> but that look that Ripley gives when he says no heroics, it is weird. She does start to kind of grin. And I don't know whether that means she thinks that Parker's the last person to be heroic or whether she thinks that Dallas is just, you know, giving him a hard time. I don't know. It's really strange. Maybe, Maybe there, there's some story that we don't know about where he did something really stupid. Yeah. Probably. Oh, I'm pretty sure of that. And bl- then blamed it on Brett, and Brett was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. But Ripley knew the truth. Yeah. <laughs> well, from this, we move into this uh, dark, scary corridor. Right off the bat, we know it's a handheld shot. And, of course, we get that light <laughs> blasting straight into the lens to make it as visually uh, uncomfortable as possible. And they start moving in on the hunt we're showing off these beautiful sets again those flashlights are very x-files to me yeah and again keeping the set in the dark makes it more beautiful yeah i think we're returning a little bit to the 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 labyrinthine cave motif that we were talking about a little while ago we were doing a lot of spelunking in the derelict ship earlier and here we are again we're in the cave I think this it's it's just another you know bringing us in claustrophobic focusing us in on the fact that we're not you can't just get out of here you know they're they're now entering into another chamber of sorts and into another adventure that they uh, you can't just easily walk out of and I don't know there there's something sort of casual about it it's hard to divorce myself from what I know about the alien I wonder why they it does seem like they're just looking for the lost cat or a raccoon that got in the attic yeah, if you're looking for a rat in your house or a possum, like you're really like, ooh, you're, you're pretty icked out. And that thing was pretty icky. I know, even not 
not knowing that it's going to get bigger, just that little thing could crawl into any crevice. Oh, it could be and anywhere. I would be, that would be my number one priority. I would not have buried the body. I would not have done anything else. I would have tracked that thing first and foremost. Hmm. But that's just me. <laughs> but anyway, this shot in particular looks to me like they're in a submarine. I get this it's all very submarine-y feel. Yeah, definitely. And it's great how we've launched into this next segment of the movie. I mean, we know that there's a there's a goal, we're on the hunt, and we know it's probably not going to turn out well, otherwise the movie would be over after 60 there's minutes. There's not really music. Like, you'd feel like there'd be, like, on the hunt music. Yeah. But there's not. It's just quiet. Yeah, it's true. So that's kind of good because I... Music always makes me feel kind of safe. When there's no music, I'm a lot more nervous. Yeah. It's more real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's about all I have. Does anybody else have anything else for this last minute of the week? <laughs> One little thing. Uh, since I've been listening to you guys, I'm not big on actors, and I never I never know who's in anything. And when I was listening to you, you were talking about Ian Holm as Ash, and you said, oh, he was so great as Bilbo Baggins. And I said, oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> Because I love the movie, or excuse me, I love the book, The Hobbit, and it was so good. And you love Bilbo in The Hobbit, and he's so wonderful. And I was so disappointed when I saw the movies because I didn't like Bilbo, and I didn't trust him, and I thought he was bad, and I just, and I didn't know why. And I was so disappointed that I just didn't like Bilbo. And when he said that, oh, that's why. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> He's so bad. Don't go anywhere with him. Don't be alone with him. <laughs> that's great. So thank you for clearing that up for me. Well, did you uh, did you want to give the people any place they can find you, Twitter or anything? No, I think we're pretending that we might do the Nightmare Before Christmas Minute. Oh, yes. Get some stuff. Oh, yeah. Actually, I do also Blade Runner Minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody might already be thinking about that. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. It seems like something somebody should be doing, though, probably. Can I have a an Etsy website? Okay. I'm, I'm on Etsy, Margaret Meyer. I have some artwork and some things. and Yeah. And thank you so much for having us. This has been a know, lot been of a fun. Lot thank of you. Fun. Thank you a lot for joining us for the show. Um, all right, well, that's going to do it for minute number 60. Um, tune in next week for minute number 61. In the meantime, you can check us out at alienminute.com or follow us on Twitter at alienminutepod. Uh, you can also head over to iTunes and subscribe to us there or on Stitcher or Google Play. And uh, don't forget to check out our Tee Public site where you can get T-shirts with the Alien Minute logo or some other artwork we have up there or mugs or laptop covers or whatever it is you want that they do over there so check us out over there and thanks again for uh, tuning in we'll see you next week